What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and MCU co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, last week we talked about you had four days off this week. We are currently on day three. Yeah. How is it? Wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. Of course, yeah. start off with a banger by hanging out with me, and I mean, it's just, that's the only way to start a good weekend off. There you go. There you go. Now I, I'm at that point in the stretch of time off where I'm thinking, is there a way that I can do this all the time? And still make it? <laughs> right. That that's, it's a question I think a lot of people ask all the time. Yeah. 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 But if you find an answer, let me know because I haven't found one I, yet. Definitely. I mean, I tried buying a lottery ticket that didn't work. Yeah, we've we did that route. Um, got screwed over like everybody else did, where it said, "Oh, we're not going to pull it," you know, till late. And then, oh, no one won. Oh, okay, someone won. And very fishy. Yeah. You know, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but yeah, someone else. Of course, else it was somebody in California. Of course, because you know, everybody, people in Tennessee win the lottery. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Not a big deal. How's your weekend gone? Uh, it's not, it's not been too bad. Like, uh, helped move some yesterday for some of my grandmother and then played a lot of Call of Duty this weekend and a lot of Ragnarok. Not as much Ragnarok as I wanted to, but it's been a lot. And I'm going to talk about it once we get to our gaming section, but it's, it's been fun and I'm excited for, to delve into it a lot more. I'm at a good part right now where I didn't want to get off, but I had to get off to eat some dinner. Yeah. But it's just those stories beats that just just hit real hard and real good, and just just want to keep playing it. So yeah. we will talk about that once we get there. Again, welcome everyone to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode ninety one nine more until the hundred episode party and celebration we will do. Quick housekeeping before we get there, though. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or less, give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below so we know what to do to improve the show. If you don't like it, let us know what we can do. If you want to go the extra mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers with three different monetary values. If you want to go that route, each different tier has different little fun little goodies in there from us to you chris have you been watching anything fun in this past couple of days you've been off um i did get through episode five of blockbuster mm, how are you liking so, it are you gonna keep going on or i feel like at this point you've got to <laughs> yeah yeah i'll, I'll finish it off because they're only like 22 minutes and change yeah. 26 minutes and change i'll finish it um I'm a little more invested now with the characters. Mm. So there's certain things that I'm looking to see, you know, how things play out. They keep doing a really good job of introducing people, either employees or customers that remind me of people uh, that I interacted with. That time. pure nostalgia. Yeah. Mm. So I hadn't, I've been meaning to, you know, watch a couple more episodes. I just haven't yet. I might try and do some of that this week. I've been watching, rewatching Jack Ryan this week. Sorry, Fury. Fury wanted to make an appearance on the show. And I finished season one, like two or three episodes into season two, because the third season comes out this December. And it's been a couple of years since the second one. So I just want to kind of 
get back in there. I could do that while I'm working, just kind of nonchalant listen to it. Of course, it's very hard though, because the first season it's a lot of um, different languages, and the second season is a lot of Spanish in it. But I can understand some Spanish, so it's not too terribly bad. But the first season, a lot of different languages in there, and so I had to stop and read and. But you know, that's part of it. Maybe I should watch Blockbuster instead. But mm, something to think about. Other than that, I yeah. haven't watched anything else. Uh, oh no, we started a Ghost season two today, actually. And right where we left off, it's really good. Still one of those weekly shows we're gonna keep going on with, but we enjoy it. But something else I enjoy, Chris. Titans oh. season four, episode three, titled Jinx. I'm going to the reviewgeek.com once again by Greg Wheeler for the episode recap. Of course, full spoilers on, and let's go. Dick decides to let Tim start training while he and Corey head to Gotham to recruit someone to their cause who could help Raven. Jinx, her name is Jinx. It's a weird way to do that. She's been in solitary since she's came in, but she quickly causes mayhem when she's released from her cell, touches the ground, and turns to a human tornado and disappears. So how on earth are we going to find her? Given Jinx has a knack for stealing valuable trinkets and treasures, Dick deduces that she might be after a particularly powerful box that's worth a pretty penny. This is one of those weird uh, things to me that was kind of like a, a weird plot point like she just happens to go after this one thing after she gets free and how did he know she was going after them there's obviously a big history there once we uh, further get further in the episode but i was like uh how do you know she's going after this one random thing but you know she's been in jail for a minute it was very obviously you know a little bit of a of a MacGuffin. yeah they just needed something some sort of plot point to, to get that sort of yeah. moving but yeah I'm, I'm all in on Jinx. I, I really, you know, I've watched um, Teen Titans in the past and everything like that. And she is kind of a love interest for Robin in that show. But, and obviously in this one, she's been a love interest. And they actually acted on that and things like that. But, you know, they really show that in Teen Titans as much as they did in this one. Because, you know, you like yeah. her being on top. Anyways, meanwhile, the blood magic continues to work in mysterious ways, turning into a spider that bites two workers while they're hollowing in barrels of blood. This is Mae Bennett's doing, who happens to be Mother Mayhem, which we established last episode. Speaking to her fellow witch, they set her sights on Sebastian to come in and see them under the guise of the investors accepting his video game pitch. Unfortunately, when Sebastian shows up to things go awry, the investor grabs a pair of scissors and stabs himself in the eyes and kills himself. Police show up, almost immediately suspect he's responsible, taking him downtown and ready for questioning. This flashes up on the scanners over with Tim and Connor, who realize he's an important component in this and are dead set on tracking him down before the witches do. Gar speaks to Rachel about his visions while they're out together, admitting that he's whisked away to a world surrounded by red. He's been hearing voices as well, t uh, typified by his times in the woods when he's collapsed. He's convinced that skinwalkers have been telling him to join them. It seems that they're trying to tell Gar something about the witches attacking them. As a result, he's dead set on trying to communicate with them somehow. Speaking of communication, Corey and Dig intercept Jinx during a break-in. After snatching a dangerous little box from them, Corey's curiosity gets the better of her. She opens it up to reveal a beating heart, and then she's turned to stone. Jinx can't reverse it, and the only solution is to find the Dark Elf whose spell this is and reverse it. So for now, Dick has no choice but to follow along with Jinx. The pair arrive at the parking lot and pay their way, opening a hidden nightclub where the Dark Elf happens to be. Dick finds the Dark Elf in question, who immediately requests him to be killed. 
Dick more than holds his own, taking out the hired goons and prompting this elf to strike out herself. Dick manages to knock her out and soon learns that this is another ruse. It turns out Jinx led him there on purpose under the illusion that the Dark Elf is the only one who can reverse the spell. Then she's not, of course, Jinx Cam. Dick, uh, Dick returns to Jinx and learns she has a death mark explaining her tricks. She owes $5 million, and this explains why she's so adamant on taking risks and scoring big. Dick comes up with a solution for her, help her, help him free Corey, and he'll wire the money to her himself. After freeing Corey from her stone, Tim and Connor ring in with news. They deduce to go that this whole thing with Sebastian is a setup, set into motion by Mae Bennett. Dick implores them to sit tight for now, warning that this is dangerous. While they battle back and forth, Bennett shows up and sees Sebastian deciding he's going to change the world, and she's right there to help that make the reality. She convinces him to embrace the darker side, making him repeat a series of words. Before he can finish, however, Connor comes bursting in and saves the man from certain doom. Bennett heads out and watches them leave, smirking and believing she'll get another shot at this. Meanwhile, Gar and Rachel continue to wander through the darkness, stumbling upon a tree with human remains hanging from it. So what are these skinwalkers trying to gar saying to Gar as they whisper and swirl around his head? When the blood moon is full, the world will fall. And that ends our episode. A lot of fun here for this one. So when Connor comes in and, and takes Sebastian, I didn't think her look was one of, I'll get another shot. I took it as, you've done exactly what I yes, wanted. Yes, that, that's exactly where I was at. And I even rewatched yeah. that scene like two or three times because that was really, really well done. Him yeah. bursting through, he hits a stone away in slow motion. They make eye contact. Connor and uh, Bennett make eye contact. He picks uh, Sebastian Blood up by his neck, which is really weird. If you're going to rescue somebody, I wouldn't really pick him up by his neck and drag him away. And then they kind of go back through the walls and then get into the car. But yeah, I was like, that's not one of, um, you know, she's going to get another shot. This is, you're doing exactly what I want you to do. Yeah. She wants them to have Sebastian Blood. Yeah. And I think we're going to get more Jinx. I don't think this is the last time we'll see of her. I think this is going to be one of those new characters we get for the season, which I am A-OK -okay with. Uh, did a phenomenal job, and she's a lot of fun to watch, and the chemistry between Dick and her is a lot of fun. And then trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to note on. Rachel seemed very happy. Yes. To not have her ability anymore. I mean, I'm going to be honest, though, Chris. The white hair works for her. Yeah, yeah, I was I was a fan. Also drinking maple syrup right from the bottle. Well, and she like, didn't she didn't get to eat her pancakes either. Like Gar just kind of gets up and leaves. Like she was waiting for the pancakes. She has like a bite of one, and then he gets up and leaves, and she follows. I'm like, okay, just unused pancakes here. Oh, that's what it was. The uh, you know we talked about last week with uh, Tim not having any training and being a liability. We finally see him training in a VR space which I thought was really cool. And Connor's just kind of there too with the helmet. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Just stay in here? And he's like, he wants to fight back and actually train him, train him. He's like, no, we, got, we need him to tire himself out so he can actually start his training. Which I was like, okay. But why wouldn't, you know, Nightwing yeah. train him? Who would actually be his counterpart? But, you know, whatever. What do we know? <laughs> we're, just, we're just here. Yeah. so We're just watching. Right. But good episode nonetheless. Seven more to go. Um, setting, setting a lot of things up. A lot of moving pieces. No mention of Lex Luthor this whole episode, though. So, no. Don't know if we're going to no. try and forget about him and then come back into it or what we're going to do with him. So, I, I really am hoping, though, with what we're seeing, and I know we've said this before, 
hopefully um, we get quite a bit of Doom Patrol mm. at the second half of this season. I know they're doing like a little crossover with Stargirl and right, right. They're, they're doing like an event, but uh, I'd like to see Doom Patrol for like three or four episodes. Yeah, especially this and, is the last season. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Fury just likes to come in, see what I'm doing, and then leave. It's one of the weirdest things in the world. Uh, on to our news. Is The first one is, Indiana Jones TV show is officially in the works at Disney+. Plus. Go to Variety.com by Joe Otterson. Oh, wow. They have got an advertisement on here for a Lincoln car. And you can't read the uh, actual article. There we go. Disney's actively looking to develop an Indiana Jones TV show for Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. The Mouse House and Lucasfilm has specifically been bringing up the possibilities of a streaming show set in the world of the globe-trotting archaeologist and general meetings with writers of late, sources say. They are still looking for a writer to take on the project, thus no plot details are available. Given that, it is unknown if a series would serve as a prequel to or spin-off of the film franchise, or if it would tie into the upcoming fifth Indiana Jones film, similar to how Disney has tied in its Marvel shows to MCU. So, nothing really much there, but that's, that's pretty exciting, though. Yeah. I'd be down to watch it. Well, they did a young Indiana Jones back in the day. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. see. I imagine it'll be a spinoff from the fifth movie. If, if I had to guess, that'd be where I put my money in. Uh, and then some depressing news that happened over the week. Kevin Conroy has passed away. I'm going to Variety.com by Zach Scharf. Uh, Kevin Conroy, iconic Batman voice actor, dies at 66. Kevin Conroy, best known for voicing Batman on Warner Brothers' long-running TV show, Batman the Animated Series, has died after a short battle with cancer. Batman the Animated Series originally aired for 85 episodes on Fox Kids from 1992 to 1995. Conroy's deep, gravelly Batman voice was widely acclaimed by critics and comic book fans, with many regarding the actor as a definitive caped crusader. The series also featured Mark Hamill's memorable performance as the Joker. Hamill had a statement on social media this week. Kevin was perfection. He was one of my favorite people on the planet, and I loved him like a brother. He truly cared for the people around him. His decency shone through everything he did. Every time I saw him or spoke with him, my spirits were elevated. Conroy was so beloved for his Batman voice Royce role that he continued with the character in various other DC projects, including Batman Arkham and Injustice video game franchises. He also appeared in various DC Universe animated original movies, including Batman Gotham Knight, Superman and Batman Public Enemies, Justice League Doom, Batman the Killing Joke, and Justice League vs. the Fatal Five, among other films. The 2019 Justice League animated film is Conroy's last credit to feature as Batman, and his most recent video game credit as Batman is Warner Brothers Multiverses from earlier this year. So, yeah. so sad news that way. We had an opportunity to see him on a panel mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. Yeah. And you met him, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think I did meet him at that, uh, at that con. And then separately from that, I got a, um, I got a, I, I didn't get to witness him sign it. It was bought after the fact, but it's a Batmobile from the animated series mm. autographed by him. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I luckily we did get to see that the panel and him at the con and everything, but it's sad news, but mm-hmm. And it was a, a big thing on, I believe it was Friday when that happened. 
unfortunate, yeah. but very sad. Releases this week, Wednesday, November 16th, The Santa Claus is the first two episodes drop on Disney+. Plus. I will not be watching it until after Thanksgiving, as is tradition. And Friday, November 18th, The Cuphead Show's new season drops on Netflix. And that is all I've gotten for good old TV shows. TV shows. Mm-hmm. Over and done with. Um, on the movies. So did you get a chance to watch anything else this week, movie-wise? No, just work and no that's it okay. I didn't either um, I spent what little time I had with Blockbuster and a little bit of YouTube mm. catching up on uh, everything it's just easier to watch that stuff if I'm doing the sports games yeah because I don't have to pay attention to anything at all right yeah that's how I usually am if I play like Destiny or Call of Duty or something I'll have like uh, my podcast or YouTube up and just watching something there or listening rather. So our movie review is for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, or if you will, Forever. <laughs> forever. So I liked the film. Uh, I think I made the comment to you that right after it was over, I wonder what they would have done if Chadwick Boseman not passed away. Right. I don't know if we'll ever see that. I know that he he received the script. It wasn't the final script. But it was like the initial one. And then he passed away. Chadwick did. So I know there was one where he saw it, but there wasn't one finalized. So I don't know. What that was, I don't think we'll ever see the light of day of that, unfortunately. But, you know, I did, I'm right there with you. I do wonder what it would have been. Yeah. Um, this movie, as a tribute, really good. Mm-hmm. For moving the MCU forward, eh. I mean, we do get a couple of new characters. Right. We get a couple uh, of connections of characters as well. Yeah. The the non-spoilery character is uh, Namor, mm-hmm. which is pretty big. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be seen going forward. Probably seen – we could see him in Fantastic Four, I guess. That'd be that'd – be yeah, I guess that'd be the closest one to see him. And I hope it's not like we don't see him again in, like, a Black Panther 3 because that would just be a long time to – not use a whole character. It's about like a, a big pivotal character, if you will. Right. So, um, so yeah, basically it opens kind of a cold open right with, um, where we open right when T'Challa dies, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and that leads into the ceremonies and, and everything. They did do a cool thing that they've, I think they've only other, I think they've only ever done this for Stan Lee, uh, where the Marvel logo at the beginning, that whole mm. sequence, was, it, in this case, it was just Chadwick Boseman images. And that's the like, one that, the that almost Marvel. got me. The whole him dying in the MCU and then the tribute thing, was it, or like the ceremony, the funeral procession of ceremony, didn't get me. But when it's just silent for his Marvel... Um, logo tribute that one almost got me yeah but 
So once we get past the tributes, we start getting into the story of, you know, Wakanda basically being, they've been vulnerable for a year. Yeah, there's no Black Panther. There's no Black Panther. They're not really vulnerable. I mean, they can take care of themselves against most people, but um, you start seeing the the cracks, as it were, because they don't have their leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get some cuts to um, the this. We don't know where it is at first. I don't think, but it turns out it's off the coast of South America in the Atlantic. Um, the government has been attempting to locate more vibranium. Of course, and, they are. And the other other countries around the world as well. I mean, France even sent a squad of soldiers in attempting to take vibranium from Wakanda mm-hmm. and that didn't, that didn't work out well <laughs> not at all um, but this is sort of the introduction of Namor because Lake Bell makes her only live action MCU appearance mm-hmm. here um, she doesn't last long bless her heart but uh, the Because I see, I always I grew up with old school Namor, so I always always want to call them the Atlanteans. Right. They're not really in this film. Uh, they refer to themselves differently. Uh, to Talakan. Mm-hmm. Talakan's um, the name of their uh, of their main community, but they attack. I did not know Lake Bell was poison ivy. And Harley Quinn. And Harley yeah, Quinn. I just, I guess I never put the two to two together. <laughs> no, we, we literally talked about it. Yeah, I, I know. I just completely forgot. I don't know why. I did not even. Okay. <laughs> now right. Tyler's caught up with the rest of it. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so anyway, we, we, we get the... The, I'm, I'm going to call them the Atlanteans because that's yeah, that's I'm just what they with. yeah. Um, they attack the government folks to keep them away from the vibranium, and this sort of prompts Namor to uh, reach out, shall we say, mm-hmm. to Wakanda, and basically um, let them know that there's a scientist that he's going to have to kill the scientist and this isn't spoilery at all because we know that she's in the movie mm-hmm. is Riri Williams uh, Ironheart going to be getting her own Disney Plus series and so Shuri decides that they need to protect uh, Riri I wholeheartedly agree mm-hmm. um, Namor continues to push back on that it creates friction between Wakanda and and Namor and his folks, and the rest of the film kind of plays out that way. While we also have the subplot of are we going to get a new Black Panther? Um, who is that going to be? Mm-hmm. And then we do get a, a nice at the end of it all. There there is an unexpected death. Um, yeah, what did not see that coming? 
at and all. Then, and then there's no. And then there's also uh, Namor's story for the film kind of finishes up in a, I guess, a little bit of an expected way. Yeah. Um, it's hard to talk about much beyond what what I've mentioned without spoiling some stuff. Right. Uh, there are not two mid or post credit scenes. There's only one. Which is a big one. Which is a big one. Which a lot of people are saying, though, so it's worth the price of admission alone, I believe. Yeah, so, so if you're really in a crunch for time, you could probably just pay for the movie ticket and then go in at about the two and a half hour mark. Right. Everything would be fine. No. No, there's, there, you'll, you'll miss some good stuff. I, I think if you love the first movie, this one's worth the price of admission for the bozeman slash t'challa tribute alone mm. and and the post credit scene um this kind of reminded me as far as how i felt walking out a bit like a bit like black widow and eternals it was almost mm. like a self-contained story to a point and one that we're not going to see the ramifications of right away. Right. So you don't really know how to take it. I was hoping for something that would make me a lot more excited about Phase 5. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, this is the last movie for Phase 4, and it did not really have any big connecting thread for any of it. No. So I'm like, mm. no. it's a weird no, way to do it. I mean, it's it's setting up Phase Five, and that Namor's there, right? And and Riri Williams. I think Riri was so, the big takeaway from this. Sense, we're getting something for Phase Five, but I guess we're just so spoiled by the MCU with them leaving us with something big heading into the next phase. Yeah. And we didn't get that here. But this should be our last COVID-era MCU film and or project. Because everything else was done during COVID, even this film. And, of course, they got hit with the unexpected death of uh, Chadwick Boseman. So I think this will be our last big COVID-era piece. I was wondering as I was watching it. Because, you know, we heard that even a month and a half, two months ago, they were doing reshoots. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did they reshoot here? That's what I want to know. I'm sure it'll come out. I mean, usually Coogler's very open with what it is. So, well, I'm sure we'll have to wait a month or two until it's yeah. out of theaters. But, though, I, wa- I do wonder. Because, so, I enjoyed some of the movie. I gave this three stars. Uh, when we left the theater and as the sc- credits were rolling... I looked to you and my brother, and I said that might be my least favorite MCU movie of of all time. And after sitting on it for two or three days now, I don't think that's true. But I did give it three stars. I wanted to give it two. Um, a lot of the CGI uh, took me out of the story a lot. And there's, there's some yeah. very clear ones that you could tell they were using that big video wall that they've got on the Disney lot. And I'm just like, oh, like there's, I guess, mm, 
I'll, I'll talk about next week when we do our spoiler review. But it, it just, I want to see this movie again. I'm not going to go see it in theaters. It, I think it suffered from one to Charles, um, Chadwick Boseman's death, mm-hmm. two the CGI, and three the length of the film. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how you could really do it any differently for lengthwise because you had to put in the tribute and the acknowledgement of T'Challa and Chadwick being gone and a whole new story for the Wakandans and everything and the MCU world. But I just, I, I did not really like this film that much. And I think it was because the CGI took me out of it. That and came, just Letitia Wright, I'm not a big fan of. I came in at three and a half stars. Uh, yeah. So not much ahead of where you're at. I... I agree on the runtime, and I know that they included everything that they included for a particular reason. I really didn't need a tour of Namor's city. Yeah, I didn't think that really added much. Like I, th- I feel like they could have done that a lot differently and setting it up. Yes, Kugler has shown us Wakanda, which he was the first one to show us it, and it's beautiful and vibrant and it's whole you know, whole country by itself. This one, we get shown the city, but one, it's dark. I noted it on purpose because there's no light down there. And, you know, there's a, there's a certain, you know, story piece they use here, but we really didn't see a lot of the city that, that mattered enough, which I'm right there with you. I think if they took that away, we would have been fine with give us that moment. And his own movie. Because I, I guarantee down the line we're all going to get into more movie. I don't know why we wouldn't. Because there's a lot that they could do with that. Um, if Coogler's evolved, even better. But I feel like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot that I didn't really enjoy about this movie. The thing that bothered me about it is normally in films, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to show another city or town or whatever, um, you're going to do it in the context of making us care about and humanize mm-hmm. the people there. And they didn't have the time to let that set in for what ends up happening to have an impact. Yeah. I mean, we, so could you name, besides, could you name anybody but no more? From his people, no. I could tell you about the the big hulky, the big big dude that fought Okoye, and then the little girl that was with them. Don't know their names, but that's it. Right. And I'm like, I can't name anybody else. So I'm like, it, yeah. I don't feel for that group or anything. So it's like I don't. No. And I know what they're trying to do, and they had that one very meaningful meaningful scene with um, Namor and his mother. And their funeral part of it all. And that was like, that was it. Everything else, I was like, I really, I don't have any emotions one way or the other to these people. And I feel like I had more, comparing the Black Panther movies between one and two, I feel like I had more of a relation and I cared more about Killmonger than I did the entire Namor and his whole, I guess, uh, group. But Well, I... To, to me, that was another part where they, they wasted a lot of time was on Namor's backstory. Yeah. They they kind of told it to us once, and then they went back and fleshed it out some more. 
and it's like, why don't you just give us this in one shot? Yeah. And not waste the time. But and then the other thing was, they're asking you to be sympathetic, I guess, to where he's come from, how he ended up, where he ended up, and and all this, and, and you know, there's this vision of his mom at one point. Right. And it's like. I'm emotionally unavailable for that. Yeah. We've we've got the Chadwick Boseman T'Challa stuff going on. So I don't care what's going on with this character. Right. You need to break that down in a Disney Plus series or something like that. Make him just... Do what they did with... I mean, they could have done what they did with, uh, which, we again, we don't know if they are going to do a Namor movie and have it just on him and... and, um, whatever the city's name is. But I feel like they could have done like what they did with Civil War. Like we have our two, our big people fighting. We introduce Black Panther and Shadow Bozeman to Charla in this. And we get like a couple scenes of that. And then we get his whole movie and it's fleshed out. And we care and we want this character on everything. I mean, this might be what they did with Namor, but I'm like, as of right now, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't. To. Yeah, but but Angela Bassett's performance in this film, I think, by far Fantastic. the best. Like she was the best performer in the whole movie. And dear Lord, I hope she wins awards for this because she put her heart, her soul, and everything she had into this movie. And you can tell. Winston Duke yeah. did great. Uh, Denis uh, Guerrero played Okoye. Perfect. I mean. I mean, a lot of the people did great. I mean, I, don't, I hate to say it, Letitia Wright did wonderful as well, but I'm like, I, it's just hard to like her when she's such a anti-vaxxer and um, caused a lot of issues on set and production. And I'm like, I just, it's, it's hard to give her praise and stuff. That's a lot of the movie too. I just didn't really like was, yeah. was her. So, but yeah. That's tough because that was such a public thing, um, so it can be hard, right? To get past that because I mean, it's just something that hit near and dear to my heart with all the having to work through it all, and just she'd be one of those. It's really weird because she's like a head scientist, it's supposed to be one of the geniuses of the MCU, and in real life, she's a complete dumbass. So, but what do I know? Same thing with Evangeline Lilly. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's the other one in the MCU that's the same way. Yeah. So. I I do say this though. It'd be great if we had the, the technology like they had to to figure out cures for diseases. And oh yeah, they would. We, COVID would be done a long time ago. We wouldn't yeah. even be talking about it. You know. It's pretty cool. And and I thought it was interesting when they talked about what killed T'Challa. They just say the illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the disease. I think they use both terms. They never mention cancer, which is what no. he actually died from. When it was, they, they did it well because they even, this is kind of light spoilery, uh, but they told Shuri, he said, he told me too late for me to do anything. And it's just... It's the same thing he did in the real world. Real world. It just I mean, he didn't tell anybody, though, besides no. his close family and friends. No. 
And like even and, I think Ryan Coogler knew, but nobody else knew. And not I'm not gonna spoil anything here, but it comes up later on in the movie. You find out he told some people well in advance. Mm-hmm. So again, that kind of mirrored his his Chadwick Boseman's way of dealing yeah. with it, because uh, we find out that there were other people that knew well before Shuri knew. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's rough, man. But it's it's a good movie. If you're again MCU, you have to watch it. It it does. There are certain things we'll talk about next week that it does connect. Of course, Riri Williams in one of those, and I'm really excited about that. Um, she was fun. Um, yeah, I hated some other CGI stuff at the end, and then I felt like her character was just a a dumb plot line for some of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited about her show. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Um, all right, so you're at a three. I'm at a three point five. Definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if nothing else, watch it for uh, Chadwick Boseman and the T'Challa character and see how they yeah. pay tribute. Because beautiful. Um, yeah. Next week, we're going to discuss... We'll discuss Black Panther some more. We'll get into some of the spoilers. And uh, we're also going to watch Enola Holmes. Yes, we are. We even wait for this one. I can't so, wait. I stayed away from yeah. spoilers. I've stayed away from everyone else's review. I'm just, I'm ready for it this week. I'm probably going to rewatch the first one just to get that little burst of remembrance. But I am, with Henry Cavill and Millie Bobby Brown, I am all in love yeah. Enola Holmes. That's one of our first movies we reviewed, too. So, was it? I think so. It was, I know for sure it was in the summer of our first year doing this. <laughs> yeah, it slept a couple times since then. Yeah, All Noah right. Holmes, the first one, September 23rd, 2020. Wow, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah. Two years of doing this. So, crazy. Cool. All right, in news from the Hollywood Reporters, Aaron Couch, James Gunn, Peter Safran are mapping out eight to ten year plan for DC. As it should be done. Yeah. One week into their jobs leading DC's film, TV, and animation efforts, James Gunn and Peter Safran met with their new Warner Brothers Discovery cohorts at a virtual town hall with CEO David Zaslav on Thursday. For months, Zaslav has said he wanted leaders to help DC become more like Marvel Studios, which is home to the most successful film franchise in history, one known for its overarching storylines such as the Infinity Saga. At the town hall, Saffron emphasized DC will focus on telling a single story. Mm-hmm. This was such a unique opportunity to tell one great overarching story, said Saffron, known for producing Shazam and Aquaman. One beautiful big story across film, television, gaming, live action, and animation. I Gun love that they put gaming in that. Yeah. Gunn noted he and Saffron have begun work on a long-term plan for that story. The opportunity to make DC as great as it can and as it should be, that's the reason why I'm doing this job, because I know Peter and I can do that, said Gunn. We spent the past couple days with a group of some of the best thinkers in the industry, the best writers in the industry, 
starting to map out that eight to ten year plan of what it's going to look like in theater and TV and in animation across the board for these characters. In late October, Zaslav tapped Gunn and Saffron to lead DC Studios as co-chairs and co-CEOs with the duo beginning their duties November 1st. Um, I think that's really the big bit from this. It's yeah. Finally. So, <laughs> finally. First of all, finally. I am a little bit concerned, and I mentioned this to you this week, I think. They're apparently leaving everything in place that's already in place. Mm-hmm. Which is good news in a way, but it's also like, how are you, how are you rebooting, and putting all this? I don't know. Especially when we know Henry Cavill's coming back as Superman. So I mean, right. how, I mean, other than maybe them doing it, if they set up early that Infinite Earths and everything's a thing, and the multiverse and all that kind of stuff, unless they set that up real early and say, hey, you know, we acknowledge all this. But this is our Earth, and this is what we're focusing on and going yeah. forward, which I think would work out. I just you have to get the masses to believe it. Because us, people like us that are obviously invested and, and know it all and talk about it all weekly, get it. But just some schmo down the street just wants to say, hey, I'm going to go see a Superman movie. How are you going to translate to them that, hey, Superman Man is Steel, Batman versus Superman, the Justice League, none of that connects to this story we're going forward. How do you portray that and get, you know, come across that? And I think they'll do fine with it. So we'll, we'll see, though. Yeah. Hopefully. But it's good that they are looking at eight to ten years. Yeah. Because Hopefully many more. Like, it seemed like before this it was just one film at a time yeah just focus on the movie we're working on and go from there after that which you can't do that if you're wanting to make money so (laughs) no no uh no new releases this week chris for gaming wise Uh what all have you been playing nothing new for me i'm still playing snap i'm you know but i have god of war downloaded Mm. so that's a good one it's a fun I'll one. Probably start dipping my toe into that tonight. I am speaking of that. I am I think right at eight hours. I'm at a pretty good spot in it. I've been also going around doing the side quests when I come across them and completing it all, just trying to get it, gather it all. I don't. I want to. I don't want to rush it, and that's my biggest issue. But I want to play it because we've got Monday the. 14th, the Game Awards nominations are coming up. Obviously, God of War is going to be in Game of the Year talks. And I know I want to beat it before the end of December, well, the beginning of December when we do the Game Awards. I also need to go back and beat Elden Ring before that as well. Because it's, it's these two that's up for Game Awards, for Game of the Year. There, Nothing's going to be. Unfortunately, Horizon Forbidden uh, West is not going to be in the talks against these two. Because Elden Ring is such a just a phenomenal, beautiful game that nobody expected to be as good as it is, and God of War Ragnarok, which everyone was hoping the sequel is going to be great. But for everyone that's beaten and reviewed it, it's got high scores and everything, so it's going to be between those two. Uh, of course, next week we will talk about the nominations uh, for Game Awards, and but it's just going to be exciting. I'm really excited about it, and I hate that I have to do orientation for my job on Monday so I can't watch it live when people when it comes out so we'll see but I will be voting and I can't wait I've already got off though for the game awards so 
really excited. It's a big holiday for me every year. I can't wait. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, great game. Uh, eight, eight hours in. I love it. It's more of the first. If you love the first one, you're going to love the second one. And the mechanics are fun. The enemies are fun. And I love the lore and how it is delved in from how I, the God of War from Sparta is in the Norse mythology. It's just so cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here with it being Ragnarok. So, only new story I've got here. Gears of War Anniversary brings with it a new movie and TV in a new series. I'm going to IGN.com by Cat Bailey. Netflix is partnering with the Coalition to develop a Gears of War movie alongside an adult animated series. Netflix tweeted on its official account this morning, Gears of War was released 16 years ago today, and to mark the occasion, Netflix is partnering with the Coalition to adapt the Gears of War video game saga into a live-action feature film followed by an adult animated series with the potential for more stories to follow. Uh, series creator Cliff Pazinski, who recently spoke with IGN Unfiltered, responded by tweeting, Oh, shit. It's unclear if this project is connected to the Gears of War movie that has been stuck in development for the past 15 years. Dave Batista, Dave Batista has been consistently attached as Marcus Phoenix, which he has described as a dream role. Netflix has found success with adaptations of properties such as Resident Evil and Castlevania. No, I won't say Resident Evil. Though the overall reviews have been mixed, Xbox has found more mixed success, more success with its own properties with Halo being met with middling reviews and tepid fan reaction. The Gears series itself has been quiet since the release of Gears Tactics in 2020. However, a new Gears game is n- known to be in development. As for the movie animated series, neither have a release date. Of course, Dave Bautista did tweet out after this news broke of him in his uh, Gears of War armor. And he says, I'm in. Call me, is what he said. And, which lets me know that the movie is not, work- is not moving forward. And we just need to focus on this. So... It's going to be great. Hopefully. New releases this week. The Modern Warfare 2 Battle Pass launches November 16th with Warzone 2 and DMZ. I am definitely dropping into both of those or all three of those. And man, I am all excited. This Modern Warfare 2 is just a phenomenal game. It's bringing me back to my roots of Call of Duty. And I, I can't get enough of it, unfortunately. Yeah. And I even got a text message from some buddies to say, hey, we're on. So I'm like, oh, do, I, do I stay up tonight and you know not go to the gym and then go to work, or do I just go to sleep? <laughs> it's one of those. Stay up, stay up. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Goat Simulator Three for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, November seventeenth. That's gonna be the game of the year. Like it, it could be. You never know. You never know. They skipped two and just went straight to three. Funniest joke. I, I love that joke. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil and Me, for everything but the Switch, November 18th. And then Pokemon Scarlet and Violet for the Switch, November 18th as well. Already got my pre-ordered. I am ready. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you everyone to listening and hope you listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nerdwide Podcast and our spoiler-free review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review this podcast on whatever podcasting service you use. On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide on Twitter. You can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes and Chris at MavTN7. On Facebook, if you'll search in NerdWide Podcast or just NerdWide, you will find us with the first thing to pop up. Click us there. Click the like button. Both of those ways, the first way you know when an episode of this is published if you're not following or subscribed to our channels. As always, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdway Podcast, and we cannot wait to talk to you next week about new episode of Titans, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, spoiler-filled review, 
and Enola Holmes too. Trust me, it's going to be a good one because we are some big Enola Holmes fans here. <laughs> but until then, we will talk to you then, guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Later, guys.